everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through August 13th. Oh my gosh, middle of August. I know. You know what's coming around the corner. Yes. Junior Grand Prix, we're going to be talking about that in just about a week. Be talking about that first JGP in Bangkok. So that's going to be fun. Um, if you missed it, we did post a special episode this past week where we talked to Tatiana Flade about a special project that she's working on, the Pirouette Magazine World Edition. It involves a Kickstarter that they have set up. So Tatiana and a group of other journalists, including Judith Dombrowski, are working on raising funds to be able to create a two-episode-a-year Pirouette World Edition. So please give that a listen so you can learn more about the project and how you can support them. They have the Kickstarter. The amount on the Kickstarter is not a large amount. We're talking about 5,500 euros. Um, It's definitely an attainable goal. They've got a couple of weeks left in the Kickstarter. So we encourage you to check that out and support if you feel compelled. Yeah, that was a good conversation talking about not only just about the project Tatiana is working on with the other journalists, but about journalism in figure skating in general about how we don't have that many print magazines anymore or some are just like here in the U.S. we have skating magazine but that's only in the U.S. only focuses on U.S. skaters there is pirouette in German Um, so yeah it was a good conversation so if you missed that definitely check it out I just have one other thing to say Um, it's August as we've mentioned and we're getting closer to the start of the Junior Grand Prix season, and a lot of these competitions are coming up. Some international competitions will be having challengers starting very soon. And for many people, many of the skaters, these competitions, especially um, the small internationals that we've been having, like Lake Placid and this week Cranberry Cup, these are skaters' first time out. Um, first time with their new programs, first time as a new couple if it's a new team um you just their first time really getting out there and debuting their programs you know costumes aren't finalized I've just been seeing a lot of stuff on social media you know really kind of like the skaters aren't skating well oh it's not looking good for them if the skaters are skating great you know it is great to have to be optimistic about how they're going to skate further on in the season. But again, it's just August. So as much as we're excited for the start of a new season, we just have to relax, give this, cut the skaters some slack. Don't go after them and say, what the heck are they wearing out there? Um, I, you know, this program may not work well for them or they're, they're falling all over the place. It's their first time out. I always remember last season I said the same thing because Amber Glenn did not skate well at Cranberry, I believe, was the competition. 
And who was at the World Championships in March? So just, again, just throwing that out there. It's been something that's, as I've been watching um, coverage of events, um, whether it just be on social media or, or, you know, videos that have been posted, I just want to remind people, again, it's so early in the season, so don't go attack the skaters. Just, just remember that this is just the start of the season, so. Yeah, uh, I think we need to be a little more humble and grateful that Mm -hmm. we do get to see skating at this stage of the season. Because as I mentioned previously, I know we've talked about it on other episodes, the live stream situation in the U.S. is so minimal right now that Mm -hmm. I'm happy when I get to watch something. Yeah. And I think we need to be a little more grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I did notice some skaters, particularly Olivia Smart, took to Twitter just to say, <laughs> that's not my rhythm dance costume. And then I love Twitter after a first comp of the season <laughs> as a new team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Personally, and I was going to save this for later when I was talking about the Quebec Summer Championships. But I thought Olivia and Tim looked really good for a new team. I think they're a great match, and I'm looking forward to seeing them gel over the next few months Mm -hmm. to see where things go. So um, we have a special correspondent who who attended the Cranberry Cup events at the Skating Cup of Boston. She attended on Saturday only, but she did send us in some thoughts on this competition. So Kat Cornetta, who is a journalist, attended the event, and this is what Kat had to say about the short programs. Hi, my name is Kat Cornetta, and I attended the Cranberry Cup Senior Women and Senior Men's Short Program on August 12th. The event started off with the senior women, and the first group showcased a USA battle between Ava Ziegler and Lindsay Thorngren, and I have to say both short programs looked excellent for this early in the season. Ziegler's new short program to Beth Hart's Jazzman is very well choreographed, a mature, upbeat vehicle for her. It looked great now. It looks like it will even grow more as the season continues. Her combination of a triple flip, triple toe, and a solo triple lutz, really secure, very nicely done, got nice marks from the judges, easily the first place short program of the day. However, I have to say that Lindsay Thorngren's short program to Windmills on My Mind is already in the running for top U.S. women's short program this year. If you are a 1990s skating fan, as I am, you will see glimpses and glimmers of choreographic elements that remind you of the skating that we loved so much in the 1990s. There are little choreographic elements that really remind you of the 90s, and it's really wonderful to see. A lot of them are in the first half of the program. Understandably, given the technical content, um, the second half does get a little, some of those choreographic glimpses kind of fade away. Only drawback of this program for Thorngren on Saturday was the combination jump. She did a triple let's triple toe. It was an under rotation. And if you followed her for a while, 
you see that the under rotations have kind of followed her for a while. Um, that really was the only drawback back of this program. You can see in the judges' marks, they really wanted to reward her for the presentation, for the in-between elements, for the transitions of this program, because they are exquisite, especially for her, especially compared to what we saw last season. Lots of room for growth in this program. Very eager to see what happens as time goes on and to see if she can get the under rotations fixed. In third on Saturday was Elise Lynn Gracie. She proved that she belongs in that upper echelon of U.S. women. She has a short program to someone like you, that war horse, but I love it. Uh, beautiful program, very lovely moves, pretty poses throughout. It's very consistent with the speed and the presentation throughout the program. She doesn't lose it from the beginning to the end, which is nice. Nice jumps, few under rotations that need to be worked on, and there's a spin in the middle that needs some work as well. Otherwise, very promising as well. Uh, Clear CO was in fourth. That's another short program that I was really amazed by. Very beautiful choreography to simple things in Appalachian Spring. Really enjoyed the music edit, edit which had simple things in the beginning. Then it goes into the instrumental uh, Aaron Copeland's Appalachian Spring, which if you are a Brian Boitano fan, you know he used in 94 for his long program. It's great skating music that does not get used nearly enough, in my opinion. Claire has beautiful carriage, great transitions in that program. Her combination of a triple lutz, triple toe was one of the cleanest I have ever seen from her. Very nice. Uh, there was a fluky fall at the very end on her last spring spin, and it was just so... It's okay. It's early in the season. It still got fourth place because what she did, she did excellent. Uh, and it just that last spin just kind of took a summer vacation on her. And so, but otherwise, beautiful program. Definitely deserved where it was placed in fourth. Uh, Cranberry Cup was used as kind of a battle of Canada, if you will, where several senior women went and competed to jockey for position early in the season for some international assignments. And Kaya Ruder was really the class of the field there. She did have problems with her combination jump, but the rest of her short program was solid. She was the top place in Canadian women in the short program. And she has really good spins, seems really well equipped to be consistent throughout the season, really show what she can do, and really challenge for that top Canadian lady spot. The other programs of note in the short program, to me, have to be uh, Ren Warney Jacobson's Beatles short program, which I saw here last year. She's using it again. She just won the U.S. Collegiate Championships as well. Does she have the technical content of some of her peers? No. But that program, she sells it. She enjoys it. It is so wonderful to watch. Like, I was taking notes the whole time. I stopped just to enjoy Ren's short program, and it really deserves some kudos for that. She really enjoys it. 
It's well choreographed. And the music of the Beatles are is just timeless. And so it just, it's well edited. It just works so well. And she deserves credit for that. Um, another program I wanted to point out is Canada's Catherine Karen. She's using Brandy Carlisle's The Story. I need more Brandy Carlisle in skating, totally, between The Story um, and some of her other songs would be perfect for skating. Uh, and Catherine Karen, really, the jumps were not there on Saturday, but the rest of the program is beautiful, very well choreographed, great song. And if she could put it together, I think she could elevate herself within that Canadian women's field. Uh, that'll be interesting to watch to see because a lot of the Canadian women really struggled jump-wise. Really will be interested to see how they can piece it together and who moves where during the season. On the men's side, uh, the first competitor on the men's side was Jimmy Ma skating at his home rink skating club of Boston. And he was first out and he kept the lead throughout the whole day. That was one of the best short programs he has performed. Uh, the short is really something that he hasn't struggled with too much. Um, it's the long that team tends to give him pro problems. But, you know, I know there was some question about if he was going to return. Um, he's definitely back. He opened with a quad toe, triple toe. That was really well done. Uh, the only problems he had the whole day were on that solo triple axel, but the rest of the short, which is like a salsa tropical theme, very well done. Nice choreography at the middle. We'll really be eager to see if he can keep this consistency all through the season because the short program was really promising, got a great score, and he was solidly in the lead the entire way. Mike, Mark, Gordinsky of Israel also had a great short program with only a mistake on his triple Lutz. He really seems to do well whenever he competes in Boston. Uh, he's really become someone that you see a lot at Cranberry or when the U.S. International Classic or, you know, any of these internationals that's getting Club of Boston hosts. He's there. Um, will definitely, the program needs to grow a little bit throughout the season, but you know, solid second place in the short program. Liam Kapekis finished third. His new short program is the Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, tons of promise, but the triple nuts, triple toe combination was not his friend on Saturday. And I really wonder what's the plan for technical content down the line. I have seen interviews where he talks about adding a quadruple jump. His skating components his presentation is there and really elevates him among some of the other U.S. men. But I think he still will need to up the technical content a bit to really get into a more serious conversation. But very nice skater. What he does well is just presenting that whole program and keeping it consistent throughout. Uh, will Annis was skating in his home town rink as well. He's from Duxbury, Massachusetts, trains at the Skating Club of Boston. This, I believe, was his best short program since 2022 Junior Nationals, uh, where he had finished first in the short. This was what he's been wanting to do for a long time. It placed fourth. 
here in the short program at Cranberry, it's to the view between the villages. It featured a quad toe, uh, a really secure triple axle and a triple let's triple toe combo. Some dings on, you know, on the jumps, on under rotations, on landings. Uh, but otherwise, this was really complete, very good for August for him, very good for this for him on the senior level. Last year was a struggle with some injuries and such. So very eager to see what this foretells for the rest of the season for Will Annis. Uh, in the senior men, there was also a battle of Canada, uh, and Wesley Chu came out ahead of everyone in the short. Uh, he did pop the second jump of his quad toe. I think it was probably supposed to be triple toe combo. It ended up being one uh, single toe. But the spins need work, but there's really nice quality to his skating. He's skating the Romeo and Juliet with an interlude of Sam Smith's version of Kissing You. Um, and he really was the standout among the Canadian men because of the in-betweens, because of the transitions, and because of his speed. The rest of the Canadian men, it was a struggle. It was really disappointing. Uh, it really, both the Canadian men and women really concerned me. Um, I, I really am worried about this season for that country on both fronts. Two programs out of the top five of the senior men, worth noting, Donovan Carrillo of Mexico, he debuted his sexy back, four minutes to save the world, Justin Timberlake short program. That's a fun program. Unfortunately, technical content was not there on Saturday. Eager to see how that program grows throughout the season. Very, you know, he could definitely have some kind of viral moment with that. The other performance everyone was really eager to see on Saturday was Lucas Broussard. He debuted his short program to Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Sadly, the jumps were not there. Um, he struggled a little bit on other technical content as well. In addition, the music edit is not great, uh, especially at the end. He is totally committed to the program, and Lucas's skating skills are superb. However, I'm interested to see how the program might evolve and change in the coming weeks and months. Thank you so much for letting me talk about Cranberry. Enjoy the rest of your skating season. Thanks so much, Kat, for sending in your thoughts on the short program. It was great to get your take on it. I loved how thorough you were with the performance discussion, and I hope you'll consider sending in something again at some point because we really enjoyed having your uh, take on this and if our listeners enjoy it let us know because we'd love to do more of this yeah definitely yeah and i appreciate her uh, i reached out to her late on saturday and said hey can you record an audio file for us about your thoughts on the shore program and she got it right to us so again thanks cat for doing that yeah we definitely appreciate it moving on gina i think we have a few results that we can report on from Cranberry Cup, Cranberry Open. Do you want to give us what we have available at the time of this recording? Yes. So the junior women, it was a Team USA sweep with Katie Shen. 
Logan Haigus Chen and Josephine Lee winning gold, silver, and bronze, respectively. In junior men, Beck Stromer of the United States won the junior uh, won the event. Canada's David Lee won the silver, and Alexander Fegan of the United States won the bronze. Now, senior women, um, after the short program, Lindsay Thorngrand was sitting in second place. You heard Kat say that. Well, Lindsay jumped up to first to win her first medal of the season. Ava Ziegler, who was in first after the short program, dropped to second in the free skate. She had two falls in her free skate. Canada's Kaya Reuter, who is making her senior debut, moved up from fifth place to finish third overall and win her first senior international medal. Team USA's Elise Lynn Gracie, who is also making her senior debut, dropped from third after the short program to finish just off the podium in fourth place. Sonia Hilmer finished third in the free skate and moved up from eighth to finish fifth overall. Now, Senior Men is still going on as we are recording this podcast, and you heard who the top three were from Kat um, in her thing, and so we will put a link in our show notes so you can see the final results of the Senior Men. And Cranberry Open, which it was a domestic competition, um, also took place during Cranberry Cup. Um, and we will put a link in the show notes to those results. Moving on to the Quebec Summer Championships. Merrick Millison was the only competitor in the men's event. In the senior women's event, Marie-Raphaël Savoie won the overall event. Senior pairs, Deanna Stellato-Dudek and Maxime Deschamps, competed just their short program. Emmanuel Proft and Nicholas Nadu won the overall event. And in senior dance, Christina Carrera and Anthony Ponomarenko have debuted for the season. I did get to watch their free dance. Thankfully, there were some videos available. Their free dance is to music from a movie called Perfume, The Story of a Murderer. I've seen this movie, so I was intrigued. Costumes really, I think, fit the program. And uh, I liked that they started the program with their one foot sequence. I thought that was kind of not the norm. So it was kind of cool. Um, the top two swap places because Alicia Fabry and Paul Ayer, who were first in the rhythm dance dropped to second in the free dance and second overall Of course, Fabry and Ayer missed the second half of last season after Paul's injury kept them out the rest of the season. Um, they kept their free dance to Someone You Love by Louis Capaldi and You Who Will Fill My Life by Carl Hugo. The bronze medal went to Sandrine Gautier and Quentin Theron. This event also had the debut of several teams, including Olivia Smart and Tim Deke, which we talked about already, Layla Carnes and Liam Carr. Uh, Layla has a new look this season with her hair is short and very blonde. Um, Hannah Lim and Ye Kwan finished just off the podium, and this is the start to their first full senior season. Well, the Jensen Summer Cup took place in Japan, and actually the competition wraps up Monday. So for the senior men, that event finished. Kalmira, Tekru Amin Kantais, and Soda Yamamoto 
were the top three. Senior women, the top three after the short program, Ryan Sumiyoshi, Kaori Sakamoto, and Mone Chiba. And the free skate for the women is Monday. So before I read the results from Kenosha Trophy, I think it's worth mentioning that these competitions were taking place in close proximity because you're going to hear some of the same names come up on this list. Um, Kao Mura, in fact, won at the senior men's event with Shun Sato and Yuma Kagiyama finishing second and third. Uh, it's great for Yuma's comeback season. Hopefully everything will continue to go well for him. Senior women, Hana Yoshida, Ryan Somiyoshi, and Mone Chiba. Junior men, Shunsuke Nakamura, Sena Takahashi, and Daya Ebahara. And then in junior women, Mao Shimada, Rina Uezono, and Ayumi Shibayama were the top three. And we have one more event that took place this week. The Copper Cup in Utah. It's the final solo dance event of the season. Final qualifiers for the 2023 U.S. Solo Dance Nationals should be available soon, and we will pass that along as soon as we hear who will be competing there. Yeah, I'm excited to see who made the final list. Having attended the last couple with Dallas Classic and then with like Placid, got to see a lot of great performances. Now, where is the Solo Dance Nationals? It's going to be taking place in Chicago, Illinois. I believe it's going to be in Geneva. So moving on to general skating news. The Japan Open roster was released this past week. Team Japan is Koshiro Shimada, Kazuki Tomono, Kaori Sakamoto, and Satoko Miyahara. Team North America is Ilya Malina and Jason Brown, Isabel Levito, and Mariah Bell. And Team Europe is... Kevin Amos, Maurice Kavitalashvili, and Luna Hendricks and Kimmy Rapont. The guest stars at this competition are Riku Miura and Ryuchi Kahara. Well, the roster for the third Junior Grand Prix in Istanbul was released this week, and some of the names that will be competing in Istanbul is for the men, Kai Kovar of the United States, Rio Nakahata, of Japan and Daya Abahara of Japan for the women Ami Naki UJ Kim of Korea she was fourth at the 2023 Junior Worlds Elise Lynn Gracie of the United States there is pairs at this event Naomi Williams and Lachlan Luer and Adele Zhang and Andy Dang and we know that's the new partnership that Andy has they will get their first Grand Prix assignment dance Angelina Kurasova and Ilya Krankovich of Cyprus will be competing along with Jenna Hauer and Benjamin Starr. This is their second Junior Grand Prix assignment of the season. And Yali Peterson and Jeffrey Chan will have their first Junior Grand Prix event as a team. So the cast for the 51st and Evening with Champions has been released. It includes Mariah Bell, Mariah Nagasu, Yulim Kim, Star Andrews, Emily Chan, and Spencer Howe, and the Haydnets. There are more skaters listed, but we're just giving you a sampling of those that will be at an Evening with Champions. Also, single session tickets for the 2024 U.S. Championships will go on sale Tomorrow, August 15th at 10 a.m. Eastern. 
Well, moving on to recent articles and interviews, Golden Skate had a couple articles. The first one they had, the first stop, Lombardia Trophy for Italy's Lari Naki Gutman. Golden Skate also had an article on Satoko Miyahara, who is basically living out her dream in Champery, which, of course, is where Stefan Lambiel has his training site. And their final article they released this week is the an article with Denis Vasilyev's his goals for his ninth senior season. U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone has an article, Latrice Bulls, Giving Back Through Passion. Well, Polina Edmonds' latest podcast was an interview with Brady Tunnell, and Brady talks about the highs and lows in her ongoing journey. The Future of Figure Skating podcast had Rob Kohler of Global Athlete HQ, and they talked about athletes organizing for collective power within the Olympic movement and how skaters can have more say in the sport. Not had a chance to listen to that one yet, but I want to because... I think helping skaters find their voice is an important thing. Mm -hmm. And Ashley and Adam were back with a new episode of The Run-Through. This episode was summer news, and they did a mailbag episode. Those are so much fun. We've done one here, and it was just, (laughs) it was great to get all of those questions from our listeners. So moving yeah. on to social media updates, uh, Jordan, our good friend Jordan, has this amazing video of a performance of Stefan Lambiel and Guillaume Cizeron. It was filmed this month in Champery in Switzerland. He was heading to Switzerland right after Lake Placid, so he must have done it right after. They are performing an improvisation choreography exercise created by Kudia Touré and set to Henrik Gorecki's Symphony Number no. 3, Opus 36. Uh, the message that was shared with the video was, we have embarked on a creative journey together with the remarkable choreographer, Kudia Ture, who pushed us to explore different ways of expression and movement. We are excited to share with you a merging of dance and figure skating. Stay tuned for more, Stefan and Guillaume. You'll remember that a few months ago, Jordan posted a video of Gabriella Papadakis and Madison Hubble skating together, and this is something new. So it's really exciting to see this type of uh, performance being released online for all of the fans to enjoy. So this news came late last Sunday, just after we finished recording, but we want to still mention it in this episode, but Team USA's Sonia Barham and Daniel Tumensev, the reigning World Junior Championships champions, have ended their partnership. Uh, Daniel is going to focus on his studies at Arizona State, as well as his job with SpaceX. He says he has no plans to retire. He's just taking a break from figure skating right now. Meanwhile, Sonia will compete singles and she is looking for a new pairs partner. So we wish them the best as they go their separate ways, um, both in skating and also um, in school and in space. There's a new pair team that's going to be representing Poland. Yulia Chetinina and Mikhail Wozniak are a new team. Yulia, of course, is a Russian-born skater who qualified for the 2022 Olympics, with Mark Magyar for Hungary. Canada's Nadia Bashinska posted her 
vlog from the Lake Placid Ice Dance International. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I got to watch it because I want to see what she posted from Lake Placid. Yeah, they have a lot of fun. She shares particularly a lot of her experiences, and I think she's doing such a great job with it. So finally, Nora Rothenbuehler and Moses Joseph Beret are a new junior pairs team that are going to represent Hungary. Well, Definitely check out our website for program announcements. I was busy updating it, and you're going to see it's getting pretty full um, with all of the disciplines. So uh, we'll have the link in the show notes for that. But it's probably if the place you're going to find program music for pretty much almost everybody. I was really busy trying to update that this weekend. So definitely check it out. Uh, Moving on to upcoming events for the week, we have two events coming up this week. The Asian Open Figure Skating Trophy will take place from August 16th through the 19th in Bangkok, Thailand. Wow, they're really busy there because next week it's the JGP. August 17th through the 20th, the Minnesota Le Toile du Nord Challenge, which is NQS for singles, takes place in Bloomington, Michigan. I'll be going there in November for the Ice Dance Final, so I'm looking forward to it. So Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media, the site formerly known as Twitter, at thiswkinskating, and Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on Threads, the new social media platform from Meta. And we love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. The last couple weeks, we've not really asked you guys anything. But uh, the conversation with Tatiana got me to thinking. So I wanted to ask, do you subscribe to any skating magazines? And if so, which one? Or what was the last skating magazine you subscribed to? For me, it was International Figure Skating and Blades on Ice. And I I no longer subscribe to them because neither magazine is in existence. So I'm thinking about getting a skating magazine subscription. And if you listen to the episode that we did with Tatiana Flade, I joined their Kickstarter. So... Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I got to do that. But magazines for me, um, I used to just go and grab them at the store because they. I used to be able to find International Figure Skating Magazine and Blades at like Barnes and Noble, um, you know. But that was few and far between after you know after the those magazines kind of started not to be as popular, so they weren't always available. But I subscribe currently to U.S. Figure Skating Skating Magazine and have been for a number of years, and I probably still have every one of my magazines. And I've also acquired a (laughs) lot of old magazines from our friend Anne. Anne is cleaning um, up some of her skating stuff and anything that she's ready to part with she has given to me so I have a lot of her old magazines that go back to the early I think early 90s she's got them from so yeah I'm interested in what our listeners have to say about this because I know it's not um something that is as common a lot of us are getting our news 
about skating online. But there's still, as we talked about in the discussion, I feel like there's still something special about having something in your hand, like being able to hold it in your hand. And Tatiana, one of the things she brought up is being able to give a copy to the skater and having them hold on to it. And they're still so happy to have that in their in their hands, to be able to hold it and look at their pictures in the interviews. You know, that when she mentioned that, I thought of um, just a couple days ago when we were on our call and the latest U.S. Uh, figure skating skating magazine came. And if you have subscribed, subscribed to that magazine, you know the photo on the cover is of Jason Brown. And that was taken by our friend Melanie. And so she was so excited to see her photos in the magazine because she did the photo shoot with Jason. And so it's not just the skaters that get excited to have like that physical hard copy of a story about them or in the photos about them. It's the people behind the scenes doing, taking the photos, writing the articles that like to still have that piece of work in their hands. Um, so she was just so excited about it. And so it made me think that it's not just the skaters too. It's, it's the journalists, it's the photographers who work so hard on their craft and gets to see it in a physical sense and not just, you know, electronically online. Yeah. I always enjoyed seeing my photos in the print version of the magazines. So it was exciting to see Melanie's photos of Jason in the magazine because Gina um, and Mel shared it with us on the screen so we could see which ones were included. So that was very, very cool. Well, we like to end every podcast by shining a lens on what's going on at our respective sites. Over at IDC, all Lake Placid photos have been posted, including all of the solo events. I finished them up a couple of days ago. Um, Robin shot a lot of the solo events for me. So the event was such a whirlwind. It's hard to like keep up with the editing and posting while you're there. Uh, we had an interview with Kaylee Maximek and Felix Demaray, who are representing Switzerland. And they actually competed at the Quebec Summer Championships. I also have Anne's take on Lake Placid. This week, I'll be posting a new New Team Series article, as well as a solo article as well. Well, over at FSO, it's a lot of photos right now. Um, I finished up the Lake Placid photos. Um, I had collegiates. Robin went to the free skates of the senior women and men. So there are some collegiate photos and Robin then went to Cranberry Cup, and so I just started working on Cranberry Cup photos, So, um, and I believe she might have shot some of the Cranberry Open. I'm not sure, but so the Cranberry event um, photos will be up there throughout the week. All right. Well, that is our episode, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week!